Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And we have The Last Riverdale before two weeks off. So weird. So weird. But convenient. Because if it was three weeks, what would we do? <laughs> we what would we do? We can't keep doing special bonus episodes. No. And we also cannot do two episodes of OC and then the first episode of a new season of OC. Yeah. So. Thanks, Riverdale. Good you know, work. We'll see what happens. But uh, we got we got that down. And man, uh, this episode kind of felt like kind of like a nothing. Yeah, nothing really progressed forward i am constantly amazed by the series ability to take episodes where things actually are happening like storylines are progressed and things are occurring but then we end in the exact same place that we started yeah like i feel like there's there was one big change this episode that was necessary and the rest kind of was things happened that occurred yeah yeah, it was weird. It was a weird episode. Uh, it wasn't quite as wild as some of the other ones, but it still had some wildness. And it, I think it left me feeling sad. Yeah. I feel a general aura of malaise settling over myself. That was the exact word I was thinking. I was like, malaise seems like the way to describe it. Yeah. Malaise always sounded like, to me, like, like some sort of topping you would put on your burger that would not be good. <laughs> like a less good mayonnaise yeah I was like, uh, so I, I can't really afford mayonnaise those eggs are far too expensive for me but could you could i get some malaise on my burger oh it's a vegan mayonnaise yeah maybe that's the, maybe that's what it is <laughs> sorry vegans i know you're good apparently this whole thing on youtube of like vegans just uh, vegan youtubers all getting health problems and stopping being vegans oh no <laughs> i mean some of them are crazy like freely the banana lady who essentially just eats bananas yeah um yeah she she, she eats, was part of the article i was reading she eats only raw food no it was um what is it Ravania, i think her name is um she it was like uh, i in in a video it she somehow it showed that on her plate was fish like it was a video i think she put <laughs> up or something but it was like she re- realized someone was filming her so she got tried to cover but there was fish on her plate oh my goodness but then she revealed this because she has <laughs> she's having like health problems and then there's, mean, there's other YouTubers who, like, their bacterial balance is all bad. It's because vegan YouTubers are, like, extreme vegan. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. There's nothing wrong, like... like. And you, I will <laughs> say, being vegan is n- not hard, but it's challenging. You have to be mindful Yeah. to make sure you're getting all of your... I mean, eating in general. You have to be mindful to make sure you're getting all of your things. Yeah, getting all the things that you need. Uh, but the the problem with any sort of exclusionary diet is that it usually has to be replaced with something else, and if you're not replacing it, and the problem especially with, I think, uh, be, not be, not let's say not celebrities who are vegans, but vegans who are celebrities because they are vegans, vegans. It, put, it puts in this weird mind state of like 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 that video for example has someone just being recorded just like oh crap there's a tiny piece of fish on my plate I gotta hide it or else you know my entire thing is destroyed it's gone and then i have no fame yeah then i have nothing so of course they would be insanely like i can only do this even as my body is being destroyed <laughs> because all i eat is bananas <laughs> yeah guys don't eat only bananas don't eat only anything true Un- until they until we are created some sort of super paste so soylent <laughs> is does someone have everything 
Yeah, Soylent is a complete replacement. It's not good. I've had it. Until I can make that taste good. Yeah, exactly. Then, uh, then, you know, eat a bunch of things. Yeah, just get a variety. Lots of colors. I think I was talking to this one person there, like, just make sure your body's always surprised by what's going into (laughs) it. And I'm like, what? I don't know if that's great. (laughs) Make sure your body's like, oh, what's coming up next? I don't know. Be forever on your toes. Well, well, because they're talking about exercise. By exercise, you're also supposed to, like, surprise your body. (laughs) Because <laughs> it was to change up your your uh your workout so your body gets like accustomed to yeah, yeah so you got to surprise it and it's like you, you do the same thing for food you just got to surprise your body be like you don't know what's going in there. That's why I do fitness classes because I never know what's coming next. I'm not in control of it. Someone else is. <laughs> Someone else is going to be the one who will surprise, surprise my body. My body. Ooh, that's well. I think that's our theme of the week. Surprise your body. Well, let's surprise our body with this episode of Riverdale. Because this is Season 3, Episode 17, The Raid. Now, usually the titles of these have something to do with, have like, they're referencing a movie. And I'm like, the only movie I can think of that has, that's The Raid is The Raid, Redemption. The, the like, uh, Polynesian? No. Uh, you said Polynesian earlier. It's not Polynesian, though. Uh, it's, not, it's not Pacific Islanders. Um, the Philippines? No. I can't remember what it is. It also starts with a P. It, I mean, it's, it's directed by Gareth um, Evans, but it's not a English film. Anyway, those are the one I can only think of. I'm like, there's no way they're referencing that. And then it became very clear to Kevin. They are going to reference it. <laughs> like, more than some of their other references. Yeah, like, th- there was a one that was about a boy being in prison learning about his sexuality. Oh, yes. Uh, that was not really a thing in the episode. There was As Above, So Below, where Penny Peabody just said it. Though I'm not sure if that's supposed to be a quote to any... There's a, a few movies that would use that. T- I mean, there's the most recent one, which is a horror movie. And stuff, but that's just a, a thing. That's just a I thing loved that say. dumb movie. <laughs> that's the catacombs in France, right? Yeah. Alright. Yeah, I love dumb horror movies. I, I love when people make reference to As Above, So Below, because it is such a deep thing that people just say, it's like, oh, well, the thing is you gotta understand, things up here are also things down there. <laughs> like, thanks. Like, Cool. That's Great. essentially what you're saying. <laughs> well, Riverdale begins with Jughead and what I have called the Windbreaker Brigade. Because they are full stop wearing windbreakers that say trainee on them. Yeah, so it's the, it's the serpents, all the baby serpents. Um, and they're doing like, they're sneaking through the school. It's dark. <gasps> it's a raid. What's going on? I don't know. Goes around a corner, then there's a... Uh, a laser. Yeah, like- laser beam. Right at Sweet Pea's head, and then bang. Uh, but that's just that's just I think Keller saying bang. Bang! <laughs> it's a training simulation. What I love how Keller is. Why? Why can't they just hire him on as a deputy or something? They like he must be being paid for this because <laughs> I, I will imagine. say I don't understand how Keller still has a home with all the time that he's donating to training the baby serpents and then doing boxing coaching. Well, he's certainly not spending any time with his son or his wife. He's he's. Uh, yeah, right. Sorry, <laughs> Mayor McCoy. Yeah, you know. I was thinking of his original wife. The, um, the like, ar- She's in the army, Aaron. Yeah, the army woman. I, re- I forgot that they got married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sheriff Keller just seems unconcerned about the fact that his son has joined a cult. 
Yeah, and he used to be one of the good dads. Now he's just sort of other people's dads. <laughs> They've forgotten. They have forgotten that he is the father of Kevin Keller. Well, currently he's trying to father all these young serpents, being like, hey, young serpents, you gotta get better at this. Otherwise you'll get shot in the head. <laughs> so they're taking them through, like, a SWAT exercise, and FP's like, if you can't get good at this, you won't be allowed on the street. And I'm like, what are you doing with these kids? <laughs> what is your end goal? What do you think these kids are going... <laughs> are you going to send them in as, like, a task force? I think... So. You know, he doesn't know what to do with deputies, and he watched... SWAT and was like, ah. <laughs> Wait, SWAT, like the movie that has, uh, yeah. oh man, I'm forgetting all the actors in SWAT. I have Colin, s- uh, Colin, Fer- Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Is that, is that the name I meant to say? He's Irish? Yeah, Colin and Farrell. Handsome? Yeah, that's yeah. who I meant to say. Colin and Farrell. also secretly Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah. I just spoiled a Harry Potter movie. Yeah, but I mean, it's an old one, and the twist doesn't actually affect the movie at all. In any he way. He could have been Giant Depp the entire time, and yeah. it still would have would have been... I don't know why he had to be a different person. I'll tell you why, because I can't look at Johnny Depp's creepy face on my TV screen. Okay, but also, he could have just not been Johnny Depp. He could have still just been... Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, it's a twist for the people in the movie. It's not for a twist for people outside the movie. So... <laughs> that brings us on to this is gonna be a goofy episode. This is the uh, first two minutes of the show. Uh Veronica and talking to Betty, and Veronica reminds us that her parents are getting a divorce. And Betty's like, maybe you should try to bright side. And Veronica's like, No, family is the most important thing ever. I've been raised to believe that family is all you should love. And this is what we will hear. This is this is this episode's Veronica. This episode's Veronica is my father always taught me family comes first. Which is real weird to see from Veronica. Since she kept trying to get herself... Considering the amount of time Emancipated (laughs) from her family. Like, like this is early first season Veronica, and not Veronica who is, I'm gonna sleep at the bar I own, Veronica. Because I hate my family that much. Not my dad tried to kill my boyfriend numerous times, Veronica. Yeah. Though she will bring that up later. Yeah, they they kind of, like, retroactively give her motivation, which... (laughs) Not great. Not great. Uh, they're interrupted because Evelyn comes in. And she wants to put up some posters because the farm is having an open house to see the farm and answer questions and recruit young <laughs> minds. Yep. At their new uh, Sisters of Quiet Mercy building. Campus. Which I guess now is just the farm. Yeah. I don't think they have a farm anymore. I think now they live in an abandoned mental institution. I imagine they'll take that garden. They have to put a farm somewhere else. Be... How can they be a farm? Let me explain. If I ever go to a place that's called The Farm and I look around and there's no farming implements or farming at all. Then you I'm, know it's a cult. I'm leaving that place immediately. Because, <laughs> Kevin, maybe they're farming you. Yeah, you don't know what they're farming. You can't just say The Farm and not be a farm. Well, they do have a garden, which we find yeah. out on the tour. But we're not going on the tour right now. Though Veronica immediately knows that Betty only wants to investigate. Yeah. And, and Veronica's like, oh, I'll go along with you. I got nothing else to do for the beginning of this episode. I'd like to be involved in a main storyline for once. No, we have to head over to the Joneses where they're having a f- nice breakfast. And FP's all worked up because one of the little serpents found his old trailer and it was all burned up. And inside it was so many drug paraphernalia. People, you my RV and did so many drugs there. They made a drug. <laughs> and as soon as they leave, Glass is just like, boy. <laughs> I see you burn down the house. You, you, you know. <laughs> I know that's a common thread in this town. I was waiting for it. 
just because you burned down my house, I can still make drugs other places, Jughead. Yeah, yeah. Surprise, surprise. The RVs are the only place she's making drugs. And Jughead gets all thready. Yeah. I won't stop. I'll burn down every house and then until she... you're out of town. Then it becomes very clear, Gladys, it does not feel like she cares much about Jughead. No, she is not a good mother. No. No, she real bad. Which means we continue to have no good mothers on this show. Yeah. Yeah. But very many good dads. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I mean, the ratio of good dad to good mom is real high in the dad side. Yep. Well, uh, we head off to the uh, farm. The farm, the Where walkthrough. Kevin is now so involved that he's the tour guide. Yeah, and he's showing them around. It is slightly less creepy. Than... However, he does say that here at the farm, we nurture everyone's talents. Look at these teens painting on the wall. I mean, there's there's a thing on the wall where like he's just like, look at these randomly spontaneously placed artists doing art. There's no way we planned this for the tour. <laughs> Yeah, then he brings them to the room where all those nuns committed suicide. And someone says, what happens here? And Betty says, suicide and well, <laughs> baptism in Yeah, she, she says people. baptism by drowning or something like that. She throws a little bit of shade. And um, Kevin says, what? Yeah. And then she points at a room that she has no reason to point at. She's like, what's that room? I think she's just trying to distract him. Yeah. But <laughs> she's like, what's that room? I don't know, a broom closet. I don't know, Betty. <laughs> what? What? I like how it really feels like he's not really interacting with the fact that Betty and Veronica are there. Are in his tour he's group. He's trying his best just to be like, I'm just going to focus on everyone I'm else. i be so professional. It's like when your friends come to your place at work and you're just like, can't interact with you right now. I'm not here. I'm not here. Except for in this case, it's your frenemies. And uh, the room that she randomly points at will gain importance. <laughs> yeah, well, later is not, in fact, a broom closet. <laughs> but Kevin doesn't know what it is. I do like how later um, Cheryl looks at a room and intuitively is like, that should be a broom closet. <laughs> <laughs> I've never looked at a door and thought, that, broom door, closet. that door's a broom closet. So then, in a crazy series of events, Alice Cooper comes out of the suicide room. Yeah. And is like, oh. Betty, and we, Betty's like, Mom, don't do shade at me. Yeah, she's like, oh, Betty, it's your fault. You forsook me. And Betty's like, nope, literally, you joined a cult and sold my house. <laughs> Mom, and, and stole my college fund. and Yeah, you did this, Alice Cooper. Where'd you learn that word anyways? <laughs> that and detractor. Uh, but what we learn what's going on in that room is essentially they're doing interviews in there. And Betty tries to get an interview. But unfortunately, the sweet boy who brings her into the room hands her over to Evelyn. Yeah. I would point out this interview room, once again, in things that would make me leave. It's just like a, I mean, it's a pure stone room. It is the creepiest room in this place. Because I guess this entire building is built around a tower. Yes. Or one stone room was the original room. And then. Well, that would make sense. Oh no! I, I know it. And it's build- sort of like Sate, no. where they built the um, yeah, the main building around the original main no, building. No, no, and buildings being built on buildings makes sense, but this really feels like this entire the original standing building was like one room. And for some reason, the farm uses it for everything. Yeah, so that entire room is lit by like six small lamps with like people sitting across from each other, very quietly asking questions. I would hate that room. And these are the questions that Evelyn asks Betty. Do you ever bite your fingernails? Betty's like, oh, sometimes. Do you ever feel stressed? Betty's like, yes, I'm a human being. Yeah. And uh, would you call yourself a cold person? I feel like that last one is very pointed. 
But the other two do sort of feel like they yeah. are gauging questions. And Betty's like, absolutely not. And like, do you ever feel stress is such a leading question because most people will... Will then share their stresses. Yeah, or they'll say... Yes, and I'll just ask about it, because everybody at some point in life has felt stress. Mm -hmm. And if somebody says no, you can also go on from there. Man, Riverdale, being a weird, weird, weird (laughs) show, but doing cults right. Yeah. Anyway, Uh, Evelyn ends the interview. Yeah. So let's head over to the lodges, where Hermione is mad on the phone. She's fighting with Hiram. How dare you not invite me to the prison ribbon cutting? Oh, yeah, so the prison was not open. It's going to be opening now, and Governor Dooley's going to be there. Ooh, and it will look so bad if she's not at the... Okay, to be fair, she is the mayor. She should definitely be at the ribbon cutting. Yes, I don't think Hiram could be like, don't come to my ribbon cutting, because, you know, she's the mayor. She can just show up. Secondly... So I guess Governor Dooley, like, why does she try to pay him off if clearly he's Hiram's, like, best friend? Yeah, I don't know. Like, hi- like, Governor Dooley made a very clear choice on which side of this fight to land on, and it was Hiram. I feel like they couldn't think of a reason for Hermione to need the money. Or to have given the money away, and they just, like, made up a one-line. We're like, no one will notice. Because the thing is, I thought her motivation was she wanted to get rid of the drugs but make a profit. But then she didn't want to make a profit. She just wanted to give the money to someone. She, Yeah. Which means if she didn't want to have the drugs around, she could have just burned them like Betty but done a better job of it. Or not Betty, like Veronica. Veronica. And done a better job of it. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I don't don't know. know why she did anything. Anyway, Veronica's like, Mom, who cares? It's just a photo op. Get over it. And Hermione's like, no. If they know that we're getting a divorce, our enemies will kill me. And I don't know much about the mafia or crime in general, but I have but I have a very simple question to ask here, and that is why? Yeah, I'm not sure why they... I, like she, she mentions like, oh, it tends to be when the, when the, you know, when these divorces happen, the mafia wife tends to, like disappear or something like that. But like, you know who's doing that killing? The the moth, the husband, the husband, the husband is like, oh, you know all my secrets. Now you're dead. Now you're dead. Hiram has no interest in killing Hermione. No, he doesn't want to kill her, and I can't imagine like the only well, thought process I have. And we well, we can talk about this now because it comes up a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But is the thought process they're supposed to be effectively that? They would kill, like, they want revenge is what she says later. But I'm like, but do they want revenge against you? Because of the things that she's done. She does say that. Because then why, then, so Hiram's the protection from that? But she also seems to do her own mafia So how come Hiram's the only one protecting her when she clearly does her own And I don't understand what Hiram could actually do to protect her. It, well, especially considering how when we saw, remember Small Fry who just walked in through the front door? Yeah. Clearly, if they wanted to kill her, they actually would. Is the other idea being that they would do it to get at Hiram? But if Hiram divorced her... Then Hiram doesn't care then, about her. Yeah, then, it's, it, then that seems like a very weird... That, that seems like that's tra- 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 trying to be like, oh, but if we kill her, it'll hurt his pride? But, but he already divorced her. Yeah, and if it hurt his pride, then he would protect her. It's the sort of thing that, like, if she becomes so easy to kill, then there's no point in killing her. Exactly. And I don't understand why she can't protect herself. She, too, could buy a gun. <laughs> she, too, has had a capo before. She had many. I thought, also, was she not a mob boss in her own right? That's what I thought when she did the meeting with Archie, where she revealed she was the one doing the tests on him. Maybe it was just a trick. <laughs> Maybe I, she was just bored that I week. I don't know what Hermione's character is anymore no one does well uh this moves on to where jughead is uh talking to archie and he's like oh, i got a plan i'm gonna get my mom out of town yeah 
and this is a red drop because Archie gets a phone call. And we, when we read the um the the thing with that little blurb before it begins, it says uh, Archie gets you know a call from his past, or like or like he he, he Archie with reconnects a, with some old with friends. Old friends, and I was like, who is an old friend? The bear? Who's he going to meet? <laughs> No. Surprise, surprise. Coming back from the dead for a second time. It's Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Still alive, Mad Dog. Still alive, still in juvie, despite the fact that I thought he became an adult and got moved to adult prison. It also means Archie never went back to that jail. He just assumed, well, Mad Dog's dead. I've I've been out of town for so long. I don't even think that I don't even think that that correctional facility still exists. It must have been shut down. No, it no, it was not shut down. No, because no one shuts down any of these. Because nobody, none of these people care about. Once the main <laughs> character leaves, ugh. yeah. Anyways, I guess a call from Mad Dog. Meanwhile, Jughead gives a rousing speech to the baby windbreakers about <laughs> how they're going to be a rogue DEA. <laughs> yeah, includes a lot, but how this gang is now going to be the opposite of gangs. <laughs> they're going to shut down all that drug trade. Uh, we'll pick up with them later, but let's 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 go meet up with Mad Dog. Kevin, it's terrible news. All of the kids are being transferred from the juvie to the adult prison, which where has there's a... also a juvie. <laughs> yeah, apparently one of the wings of the prison is also a juvie. Oh, but all those prison guards are also going there, which are just like, they're going to start up the boy fight ring again? Wait, wait, wait. what? <laughs> <laughs> Are they not doing it now? Who's in charge of this correctional facility? Warden Norton is dead. We saw another guard fight Archie. So, so I, I thought they meant that the place was like closed down. Yeah, I thought like, so too. Like he was looking for revenge. Well, because wasn't that the, the 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 purpose of like the of when Hermione went there is that she went there because of all the rumors of Warren Norton and the boy fight clubs. Yes. Like, that was revealed. Yes. So, all the same guards who did the Boy Fight Club, were none of them were fired? And, or are they all going to be rehired at Hiram's prison? No, he says, he, like, almost gestures around him, they will be transferred with us. I really don't understand <laughs> how... <laughs> Them going to Hiram's prison means the Boy Fight Club is coming. Because it could already be doing it now. Anyway. And also, it doesn't mean it's coming. That would be, be entirely dependent on Hiram wanting to do the full Boy Fight Club again. Which and he Hiram may. is over that. I mean, who knows at this point. That's true. Anyway, so Archie is like, don't worry, I'm going to help you. We learned some more nicknames for young kids, and those nicknames are Baby Teeth and Thumper from Bambi. They've all had their parole hearings canceled. Because it's really important that Hiram's prison is super full. I, I mean, guess for profit. I mean, yes, that that is the scummy private end of it. Man, Hiram just loves to pay the government. <sighs> no. Okay. Right. Well, so... Archie, the only way he can do this is if Archie gets Veronica's help. And she's like, oh, fine. I guess we can talk to the governor in person. And then she kidnaps the governor. <laughs> Well, she says, hey, governor, my dad's in this room. And I, her dad is not in that room. I wonder if she says, governor, there's a man in this room who would like to talk to you. See, governor, I didn't technically lie to you, according to law. <laughs> you just assumed. I was a lawyer once when I discovered that a video had minutes missing that a, that two professional lawyers and one teen detective did not notice. <laughs> And you know that I'm going to sneak into the corner now. <laughs> I, yes, and she stands there while Archie proceeds to blackmail the governor it, into letting his 
actually, I think he gets all of the former boy fight clubs out of juvie because there's a lot of boys. I don't know, but he doesn't get all. It comes down to the same thing before where Archie is like, hey, either you get a pardon for all my buddies. And he reveals it to the end because it makes me be like, what exactly is he asking for? Because he's yeah. like, like, if you don't do what we want, I will testify that... Uh, I was in a boy, that fight, was a boy club, fight club. That you, and you went knew. and you yeah you knew and you went to it and five other boys also which I think is lying. I don't think that he ever actually there's, went there. Yeah, there's no way he talked to the other boys. Well, I'm, I mean, I don't think the governor actually went to the boy fight club, but he might have. Is but the he thing he might have? There were so many old white haired men at that fight club. Well, that all, any one of them could have been the well, governor. Also, it's not uncommon for this show just to re- retroactively be like, yeah, no, he was there. So maybe he was actually there. The point I'm trying to get across here is that Archie is trying to blackmail him to let the kids go. When I feel like, man, you could also come forward with the evidence. Yeah, just do it. I mean, not only that. Although, I guess, what could he really do? Because they're already shutting down the prison. Well, and that's what makes me feel like they are lying about it. Because they also, they know about the Fight Club, don't they? Isn't that the thing with Mayor... With Mayor uh, well, I mean, there? I'm sure Hermione just sat on that information. Okay, Because so her husband was involved. Well, I thought that was... I mean, also, her, uh, you know, uh, Warren Norton killed himself. But that was, I guess, unrelated. She got distracted. She was like, <laughs> oh, no, suicides. Yeah, um... Yeah, I don't know. It, it's uh, it's 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 another case where like, I don't know. They're just gonna hand wave at it. I'm gonna be entirely honest. I don't know my feelings on this moment. Uh, Here's the thing: Archie gets all of the big strong boys who would have to be in a boy fight club out of the prison, and now all that's left are the little weak boys who it's not interesting to watch fight. Well, so inter- he fixes everything. It might be interesting to watch one big adult who's at the prison fight those young <laughs> tiny boys. That's true. Go- I guess I guess <laughs> it, these bad people it, don't have morals. Yeah, it goes from being a fight club to essentially a blood sport splat match. Oh, it's a ba- battle royale. <laughs> yeah. Except that not with children. Well, with some children. Yeah. 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 Okay, so speaking of people asking people for help, Betty buys Cheryl a milkshake and then preys on the memory of Cheryl's dead brother <laughs> to get Cheryl to do some spying at yeah. the farm. Yeah, and I'm like, this is, I feel like, a bad decision, but perhaps also your only decision. Because Evelyn really wants Cheryl in the farm. Yeah, I feel like also Josie might have been a good choice. Oh, but she's not a main character. I mean, that's the problem. That is the problem, is that Josie's not in this episode. Josie would have been good, though. No one would ever be suspicious of her. Well, But I'm... she's also too strong of spirit to be tricked by the farm. Well, and also it would make sense because her brother is such a... So involved. Yeah, so she could be like, no, well, my brother's involved. I want to be involved as well. I want to come together as a family. Yeah. And also, I think Josie could pull that off. Yeah. I mean, as you know, as depending on the episode. <laughs> depending on what type of character she is. <laughs> but no, Cheryl's going to help uh, infiltrating the farm, and it happens real fast. Cheryl has the craziest fake cry at school the next day in the bathroom. <laughs> For Evelyn to overhear. I like how they couldn't think that Cheryl could just be like, hey, Evelyn, I'm interested in your cult. Oh, no. They had to make Evelyn bring Cheryl to the cult. Which Make she, Evelyn think it's her idea. Which I think she tried to do beforehand. It's it, it's a very roundabout way of leading to the same conclusion, but... But all good. Cheryl's in. I love how Cheryl calls Betty cousin. I have literally never heard... It's also kind of weird. Yeah, it's super weird. And I've never heard a human be like, ah, yes, blah, 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 cousin. It almost feels like bugging her about the incest. 
<laughs> like this, every time she says cousin, it is a reminder of how much the Blossoms are into incest. They love it. They love it so much. So uh, this is, we go back to the serpents, where Sweet Pea heads off into the comic book store. Sweet Pea is such a narc. <laughs> his attempt, so Sweet Pea is going undercover to buy some drugs. Yeah, so he's got his serpent jacket on, so you know he's in a gang. And he is such a narc. He's so bad at it. I cannot believe this comic book guy is not immediately suspicious. Because these, these dumb drug dealer kids are using a comic book store to sell sell their candy drugs in comic books. Like, Sweet Pea <laughs> essentially pulls Marissa, where he walks in and he's like, Hello, I would like one drug, please. Hello, fellow youths. Drugs for Sweet Pea? There are so many levels of, like, like old people hating youths in this scene it's where true. where it's like um them use all their can they all they do is eat candy but their candy is actually drugs and they hide their drugs in their comic books well it's fifty dollars which seems like a good rate for that heroin oh that's that feels real good for for some primo fizzle rock heroin that actually does make fizzle rocks remember <laughs> anyway so as soon as sweet pea Makes the deal. Yeah, as soon as the drugs are revealed, Jughead and the boys come running in, which feels... I, I guess Sweepy was just making sure. Yeah. Well, they attack that man. Yeah. That comic book drug man. Yeah. and they Jughead le- threatens him with a knife. Yeah, and we learn that the gargoyles are still around. And the gargoyles are doing an old school drug thing where people used... And I didn't realize this. Well, it's 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 yeah. I think it was like some cities yeah, seeing they, a they'll... shoe on thing could be a sign. And Jughead is a great walk around. It's like, well, in some cities, it could be a sign of a drug den, but it could also just be a cute reminder of days gone by. Kids throwing their shoes up on telephone wires. Sure, but in this town, if you see a gargoyle on a wire, and I'm so freaking angry, they don't show us what that means. We do see it. Oh, we do see the gargoyle on a wire. Yeah, we see it when um. Well, we see it during the scene where they break down, like, the last drug bust. Okay, I didn't I didn't know. It must have been very quick. It, yeah, it was, like, an establishing so what, shot. What, is, what does it look like? Is it, like, an actual... Like, it's, like, is, two little gargoyle heads that are tied together with a string. Okay, so it is the shoes thing. I, yeah. thought, I thought, like, they built a stone gargoyle on top of... This is, like, crouching. <laughs> I have, have, imagine looking at them being, like, what... Why is that Why there? Why is that there? Like, there's, oh, there's, clearly there's something weird yeah. going on Take here. Take it down. Take it down. Please please remove that. Uh, so uh, Cheryl, now that she's in the farm, goes to the interview. And it, she goes on with Evelyn for a little bit. Yep. Uh, but she is wearing a wire because yep. Betty found all of her mom's detecting or reportering equipment and <laughs> which, stole it. Which means her mom did a lot of se- secretly recording people's voices, which feels... On brand for Alice on, Cooper. Feels on brand for Alice, but very bad in, like, journalistic integrity. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, Cheryl talks to Evelyn for a while, but then Cheryl is so good at the interview. That that in comes... Edgar Evernether, the most handsome of the dads. Chad Michael Neverwever. So hot. Uh... And they talk about they talk a little bit about that. We learn more about, I guess, Cheryl's mind. She reveals him that, you know, her brother died, and then she skips over the entire first season. She says, <laughs> "Well, my brother died, and then I threw myself under the ice." And like, there's a lot in the middle of there, but but all right, Cheryl. Yeah. So and, and then when I was under there, I saw a vision of him, and then I had myself back. 
So to embrace the fact that I could finally feel again, I burned my house to the ground so I, I could move on. Then I looked at Aaron and I said, oh, that's why she did it. I thought she was just punishing her mom. <laughs> I thought she was just weird. But so, now it's because she was filled with her twin soul. Edgar loves this because she's been baptized and reborn in fire. And and I guess cause I guess the reborn in fire is what uh, Kevin did. Was Kevin also drowned then? Maybe. We just didn't see we that? We just didn't see it because we already saw it once with uh, <laughs> this is less, Alice. You know, less interesting. So uh, Cheryl is getting real into the farm and it really feels like she's also getting real into the farm. Yeah, don't send an actual broken person. Yeah, because guess what? Creepy, creepy Edgar is exactly what Cheryl needs. Yeah, Cheryl also goes in there and tells her real problems. Well, that's <laughs> what Betty said to do. Don't lie. Yeah. Oh, no, don't lie. <laughs> do, give the cult exactly what they want. So, meanwhile, Archie is having lunch with Mad Dog and Baby Teeth. Yeah. Baby Teeth loves, loves the burgers at Pops. Yeah. Best thing he's ever eaten. Yeah, because the boys they're they're free now and uh they're can't find their parents. Find no their... one has parents. Yeah, but Archie says, Oh wait, I oh no, I mean uh Mad Dog says he has family in town. Yeah, but... he just can't find them. Yeah. Uh but he's like, Oh well I know a place where you can stay and I for a second there I'm like, You can't put them all in your garage, Archie. <laughs> Archie, there's only room for one. Can't do that. But no, he has a new building and I forgot about it. <laughs> He so br- this boxing gym he owns. Yeah, so he just brings up the boxing gym he owns, which is weird enough. And then Keller is there. Which... And Keller is going to train them how to box? I'm like, wait, wait, so you take a, wait, Can you just, just give him a place to live. Which means he told a grown-up. Keller was really excited, but like, oh, I'm just so glad that people are here. Like, you know, maybe give Archie a threat. And I'm like, what? What is happening, what? Keller? Did you? Is did Archie Ar- paying him? Did Archie tell Keller that, oh, no, all these boys give him a boy fight club? Now, I did blackmail the governor to get him free. But. What did he tell Keller? You can't leave this hanging here. Where is the scene where he's like, I need you to do something for me? Train these boy fight club boys. Hey, uh, Mr. Keller, you know how you're not a sheriff anymore? That means laws don't apply to you, right? <laughs> True. He does not have to uphold the laws. <laughs> um, sure, Archie. What do you need? Boy Fight Club, but the good version. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's go see some people who are some, oh, upholding some laws, because the Jug and the Servants are finding some druggies. It's a montage where yeah. people keep reporting back, and Jughead keeps putting pins in a map. Yeah, yeah. He, he just keeps saying locations, putting pins in a map. I'm not sure what... I, guess, I don't know. I don't know why he's They're doing that. They're clearing them out. <laughs> he's going to put a string through all of them and be like, oh my god, it looks like a gargoyle. Now, Jughead is tired of being in the room putting the pins. He wants to get some action. Yeah, so he goes out in the field with them, and there's a guy selling drugs, and they just come, they run down an open, an open parking lot at this guy from very far away. <laughs> they just carry him away. And, you know, the other guy, Jughead, <laughs> the guy who's buying the drugs, Jughead's like, don't worry, I don't want you. <laughs> you just want the drug dealer. And the guy who's buying the drugs. Well, I was confused because he was super, like, he was weirdly calm. Mm-hmm. Also bit. a grown-up? Yeah. Uh, I which I did think this drug was exclusively for kids. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why it's a candy. Silly rabbit. Fizzle rocks for kids. Grown-ups get meth. <laughs> you know, You know. I think you've gotten old enough now. You don't have to do fizzle rocks anymore. I think you should just do meth. <laughs> 
so he revealed, he pulls out what I guess is a sheriff's badge. Yeah, because he works for the police, and Jughead has just interrupted <laughs> FP's sting operation. Yeah, and then, then, like, the car that's, <laughs> a truck that's real close behind them, like, real close, like, six feet away. Like, someone should have noticed. <laughs> the back flies open, FP jumps out in his, like, sheriff outfit, and a bunch of other deputies we've never seen before. You know what FP's been doing as sheriff? Hiring police officers. Apparently, because they now have an undercover department. Like, this, I, I, I originally thought this guy was actually just, like, DEA. Yeah. Like, the actual DEA. But no, he's just another, just a sheriff deputy wearing a peacoat. So, you know, FP's <laughs> made some real strides since the day where it was just Sheriff Keller and I love Gary. The, I love the concept that this, this adult buying drugs from this kid is like, yeah, just come with me and sell me these drugs right next to this large, unmarked black van. This is where I do my drugs. And of course it works because the other guy's a dumb kid. So FP is furious because that dumb kid was going to lead them to the cooker. Yeah. Kurtz. Because he he was doing actual police work, not just like, I don't know, threatening drug dealers. Which means in an ongoing series of kids doing things adults should do, Kurtz has become the main producer of the drugs. Yeah. I thought he was just a guy on drugs, but I guess he's, yeah, he's done so many of them, they just leak out of him. Anyway, so they go home, FP's real, real mad, just full of fire and fury. And then he, (laughs) what what is it, he shouts them, he decides that they aren't allowed to essentially cop anymore. Yeah, they can't go outside. But then he, then he's like, the you know, uh, what's he shouting them, you know? He, he says something like, like, this is not what you're supposed to do or things like that. I'm like, this is exactly, what <laughs> did you hire them, them for? Do. You're the, there's, well, they're supposed to be the eyes on the streets. He's mad the Jughead didn't report back. I guess so. And then Gladys does a real gaslight where she's like, oh, this is pretty dangerous. Maybe you should shut down the sheriff program. And FP's like, yeah, no more baby sheriffs. And I'm like, no, FP, this is one of the best things the servants ever had happen to them. They get a, they get an actual future and aren't just weirdo kind of gang members. Yeah, don't take their futures away. I've had some people talk about, and I understand that the premise of the serpents is that, yes, they are supposed to be like a family. But the thing is, that they keep on presenting them as a gang. And if they were just a club, sure, that's fine. But they focus really, really heavy on they are a gang that the police are upset about. But they never do gang things. <laughs> yeah, usually one person does a gang thing and everyone's like, whoa, what are you doing? We don't do that. Whoa, whoa, too far. How dare you kidnap a redheaded boy? <laughs> well, uh, let's head back over to those young boys. <laughs> so the young boys are fighting, but for fun, not for terror. And they love it. Unfortunately... In walks Elio, because he has a sixth sense for fighting. Yeah, Elio appears at this random boxing gym and just like, oh, hello, I heard there was fighting boys in here. Mm, you fighting boys are pretty good at fighting. Well, he says that he recognizes them, so I assume he went to the fight club at some point, so he knows... He did, he brought Veronica in, or told oh, Veronica right. about it, or something. The only way I can figure this out is that he had to have heard that they were... Released. Released. I'm not sure why Elio is so important in all this mafia stuff. Is she the one that, or is he the one that Hermione's so worried about? Elio's a child. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a grown man. I the entire, remember when they were setting up him and Veronica? And but, we thought they were going to date. But they but actually were. They, they like, were just doing business. Who are his parents? I don't know. 
Anyway, Elio tries to poach some of Archie's fighters, and Archie's like, no one wants you here. He was just walks and is like, hello, boys, get out, okay. <laughs> just to remind us that he exists. Yeah. Yeah. Must be reminding us that they exist. Veronica uh, wants her parents to work it out. She wants them to see a counselor, and then she monologues for an eternity. Yeah, she gets mad at Hiram for... Trying to kill Archie. Well, no, well, she gets mad at him because he's, cause he's like, you. Tr- how many times did you try to kill Archie? And for, and for some reason, this scene actually made me a little bit happy, because it made me be like, okay, you know what I like? I like the idea that if you are going to do an escalation of the comic books, then yeah, you would go, from, you go to Hiram trying to actively kill Archie. Yeah. Because in the comic books, he just hates him and always wants him to leave and Always throw, wants him out of the house. And throws him out of the house. But now he's trying to throw him out of life. Though, but that was... But, like... But then Hiram <laughs> says, it's water under the bridge. Which makes Veronica so angry. Well, Veronica doesn't realize that Archie and Hiram have, like, buried the hatchet and Hiram gave Archie a boxing gym. Yeah, I'm not sure what veronica wanted out of this <laughs> she wanted her parents not to get a divorce <laughs> essentially she's, she's like you try to kill my boyfriend he's like yeah i'm not trying to do it anymore how dare you <laughs> and no then, i'm not trying to do it anymore no, no no he and i are friends now veronica how dare you i picked you over him because you were dying and i had to not i had to keep this crime family together that i don't want us to do crime anymore why couldn't we stop doing crime i helped you do crime well you were when you were down i did crime i also burned up your drugs but i did crime i lived in this house but i was not living in the house then because i was not a part of the The family thought process i could get here is that veronica believes her breaking up with archie is like the top of all things she could have done she's she like made such a statement yeah she's like don't you understand dad even though i burned your drugs and then i kind of and i helped you with crime and i also slept in my all these things i broke up with my boyfriend i put the family first <laughs> he's like what <laughs> why are you just shouting now to be fair veronica is 16 and out of any character in this episode, she is acting the most 16. And I'm actually kind of happy about it. They usually do with Veronica is make her be, you know, the the adult in the room. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see her be not. Just a crazy, crazy child. Which is what she's kind of supposed to be. She's very comic book Veronica in this episode. I still don't like her and her... <laughs> motivations make no sense whatsoever that that is a common trend of the lodges none of their motivations make sense the 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 lodge family who knows what they're supposed to be doing i don't think they know they're literally just doing stuff hey aaron hey kevin what made you happy this week uh this week i finished the last the current last book in Sarah J. Mass's um, Court of Thorns and Roses series. Uh, I think some of our viewers know this, but I am working on a young adult fantasy novel right yes. now. And I've decided that I really need to like research the genre. So yeah, I've read good. four massive toms over the past <laughs> couple of weeks and they're Dude. so good toms toms Dude, you said toms i said toms look at all these toms look at my toms <laughs> they're real good books yeah they made me happy if you're looking for like a fun a fun melodramatic sexy perfect <laughs> girls and fairy boys 
And, you know, this girl is the chosen one to save the world for reasons. <laughs> yeah. This is a good version of that old trope. Yeah, it's nice you need that. Yeah. Kevin, what made you happy this week? Uh, so this is kind of funny because it's kind of a continuation on of what I said last <laughs> week of Sekiro. So, uh, so Sekiro has been out for a while now. Yeah. But recently this week, I, start, I started just on YouTube because it popped up in my, you know, thing, they're like, oh, things you might like. Uh, speed runs of the game. And so this game has been out for, at this point, like a week. Um, but I think at the time that this video that I was specifically referring to was posted, it's probably been out for like three or four days. Oh. Um, in that time, this guy, and there's a bunch of them. I'm just going to mention the one that I saw, mm-hmm. uh, which is by uh, Elajez, uh, E-L-A-J-J-E-Z. I found it on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Um, he did a speed run of the game that is like a very hard game. It took me like days to finish in an hour and eight minutes. And the game had just come out. Yeah, like he, he all had already figured out the, and I mean the, the speedrun community all work together. That's usually how it works is that someone figures out an exploit and they all use it to try to speed up. Right. But <laughs> it's been out for a couple of days and they already figured out how to skip large swaths of the game <laughs> and the best way to defeat these really, really hard enemies. Like I, like the, like the final boss, I fought man, into like the high 10 like you know like 20 30 times if it, to the point that I went back and like just got more like leveled up more effectively yeah, yeah. and went back and just bullied my way through it he didn't the he didn't one go he's like <laughs> ah no I figured it out which got me just watching a whole bunch of speedrunners and it is amazing to watch like especially in some of the difficult games watching them do cuz it's not it's not just the exploits but it's like okay I have to beat this boss in like, very quick ways. So they go in and they're like, okay, I press this button three times because I know it'll do this. <laughs> then I throw this item. Then I hit these times. And I do this. And they're, they're trying to shave off milliseconds. That's so crazy. There's a time There's a time where you see someone run and like, they pa- they do a pause. You see them do a menu move. And like, oh, man, that menu move wasn't as good as it could have been. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> How good that? So I guess my thing that made me happy is I watched some speed running videos. And they are insane and I, i've watched them before but just like these specific ones you've fallen into it yeah it was fun it was funny especially because it's been open it's been three days that they're like ah we figured out all of these things which means it'll just get faster i remember back in the day when speed run was just can you beat super mario world in 12 minutes i think it was yeah yeah why are you using all the, now there's stuff like well there's different kinds because there's any percentage there's there's all percentage then there's glitchless and there's no uh was no quit outs because there's quit out glitches you can do in some games. <laughs> if you look at the speedrun thing, there's a bunch of different kinds of speedruns, essentially. It's a crazy thing. YouTube is such a huge community. It's. Well, on Twitch. Ah, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So heading back in, we see Cheryl is. Man, she's really starting to fall for the farm. She also <laughs> thinks that Edgar Evernether is young and hot. I am still troubled by the fact that he's supposed to have a 16-year-old. He really doesn't look old enough. But we still have not confirmed his age, so... He could be any age. Yeah. Uh, But then uh, Betty sends Cheryl back in with some more questions, and that's pretty much that. Yep. Another short scene. Mad Dog has found his grandma and his brother. Unfortunately, they've moved into a real creepy apartment where all these weird people in masks are cooking drugs. And Archie is like, oh my god, the main plot line is affecting me. We are going to go kick these gargoyles out immediately because I am part of the main plot line. I am so excited. It just walked into my room. It is amazingly instant when Mad Dog is like, oh, all these people doing drugs in the building. And he's like, gargoyles, I I can be a part of this. 
I'm the oh. main character of the TV show and I get to be in the main storyline. It's happening. Finally. <laughs> that's paired up if, that's paired up with the scene where Hermione gets it goes into I mean Hiram's office. Yeah, for reasons. Yeah, and on, but on the table there's like wrapped up package. <gasps> And what's in it? She flips it open, and it's dead fish. Fishes. Oh, get it sleeping with the fishes. It's a mafia thing. And she explains it to Veronica. <laughs> it's a sign that someone wants her dead, which, once again, had us asking. Why? and why? Huh? I don't know. So, Archie fills in Jughead about the drug debt, and he's like, so now we tell a grown-up. And Jughead's like, no. If we tell my dad, he'll say we can't go with him. And I'm like... Yes! Because you're children. And you can't do a drug raid. Well, they're we'll gonna see. Do, they're going to do a drug raid. And the kids from the prison will come because they hate well, no, cause they're drugs. Because they're good at fighting is yeah. the entire reason Archie gives it. I feel like if you were in prison forced to fight, you might be like, I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to fight anymore. These kids are like, no, I do want to fight, but I want to fight for my reasons. Well, they care about Mad Dog's family. This is also the moment where I realized, oh... Oh, they are referencing the 2011 film, The Raid, because they're going to a apartment building with that's full of people who are doing drugs, and they're just going to fight the way to the apartment building. And, uh, spoiler alert, they do. They fight through it floor by floor, and they just have, like a video game. And they have shots where the camera goes up. Like, there, there's one point where Archie flips a guy and he smashes a light, which I'm pretty sure is an exact choreography moment that happens in the Gareth Evans movie. So weird. So weird. Such a weird pull. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I understand that movie's eight years old now, but still. And, like, children. like, And by children, I mean our listeners. Do you know this reference? <laughs> like, I, like the, I like the cross-section between uh, people who are fans of Archie comics and people who are fans of uh, Asian martial arts films. And, like, seven of them are really excited I, right now. Yeah, I thought that was just me. So Cheryl has another interview with Edgar. She's very inquisitive about the tapes, and Edgar becomes immediately suspicious and decides to escalate the assimilation yeah, plan. Yeah, it gets real weird. So um, he takes her to, I, to I guess, what would be the broom closet. Well, see, this happens off camera. camera. So we don't know. So Betty's listening in, Yeah, and then, then it only shows Betty listening as you hear Cheryl be like, Oh, what's that room? Hey, what's in this room? And like, it's getting more staticky, staticky. And as they go into the room, it completely shuts out. But Cheryl, we Cheryl being like, like, what are you doing? What's going on here? Yeah, and Betty is terrified and for obvious time, reasons. The next time we see Cheryl, she's like, "Oh, Betty, I'm not spying for you on the farm anymore." But I'm going to the farm because I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Of course, that's what's going to happen. Betty, you should have seen that coming. Should should have sent Josie. Should have sent Josie. Josie's got very little baggage. It's true. She's also dating Archie. You got an in. Against all odds, Josie is very together. Uh, so Veronica, still trying to do her best. Storms into her father's office and asks if he sent the fishes. Yeah. And I am delighted because Hiram is sitting there in his office alone eating a massive charcuterie board. <laughs> it's the weirdest scene to walk in on someone on. <laughs> being like mm, look at all these meats and cheeses i want the scene where he ordered that and they're like oh this is for you and the missus and he's like no it's just for me oh oh you gonna eat that all yourself by yourself then i do what i want i understand but just... It's, it's just a lot of cured meats hiram your sodium levels <laughs> i'll be fine i drink a lot of wine <laughs> it evens out <laughs> it balances my electrolytes 
don't worry, after this is done, I'll chug a Gatorade and I'll be good to go. Uh, guys, that's not how it works. <laughs> so uh, Veronica's like, like you know, he's like, well, hi. I'm like, what do you want me to do? And Veronica is like, well, you got to just not divorce my mom. And Hiram's like, again, she has tried to have me murdered so many times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's like, well, then if you can't divorce her, just be nice to her. Protect her. And I'm like, uh, I <laughs> don't understand this storyline. That's what's going on. I will say this is the moment where I turned to Aaron and said, Aaron, Aaron, I think, I think Veronica sent the fish. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, we'll come back to that in a little bit. Betty and Jughead have a real sexy scene where they talk about their upcoming dangerous plans. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, we see the opening of the prison where uh, the governor's there and Veronica's there and Hiram says he loves Hermione. He talks about how they're, he's opening the prison today to prove that Riverdale puts family first. What? <laughs> <laughs> when we put their families in jail. It's a real weird. It's a, it's, it's a long walk around to a theme. Yeah, you got to finish it out there. And then the raid happens. And I'll and, say, if you want to know what happens in this raid, watch the 2011 film, The Raid Redemption, and just replace everybody with hot teens. So many hot teens and then weird people wearing gargoyle masks. And then as they reach the top of this building, oh my god, there's a reveal, Aaron, about the gargoyles. They have guns! There's a gun! A gargoyle just has a gun. Jughead's plan is essentially thwarted because they have a gun, because they are an actual gang. He shoots in Jughead's general direction, so Archie and Mad Dog go running up to the top floor. <laughs> yeah, Ar- yeah, because Archie just came up from the other side. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, a hun- adults should 100% be doing this. Jughead just be like, hey, Dad, I learned where... The- where- I learned where Kurtz is. And I-, and I promise you, I did not do any... I didn't go out there. Mad Dog came to me because his family, like... Lives there. It's F- a weird coincidence, yeah. Dad. Dad, the weirdest thing just happened. Like... <laughs> And he could even bring Mad Dog. This is just the just this is just Jughead doing the the dumbest thing I've ever seen him do the show where he's just like, no, I want to do it, and it's literally he wants he, to go on he, the raid. Yeah, he doesn't have to reveal to his dad that the, his mom. In fact, I think that'd be more of a revenge against his mom. I think that would be so much more like painful for her if he uses his dad to, to shut down shut the operation because she can't say anything to FP exactly. Like, and, like, that, it's just, it's so, he, I mean, he would have to do it in a way, oh, you know, you know what, actually, here's the thing, and it's a line they didn't put in, what they have to say is that I can't tell my dad, he might tip off Gladys. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that would be a much better reason. But, but they it, have to do it themselves. However, canonically, in this, in this episode, all he says is, I want to do it. Yep. So even though the thing that I just came up with makes a lot more sense. Once again, we have written a better scene. Yeah. Or reasoning. Once again, Mad Dog fights everyone while <laughs> Archie runs away. Oh yeah, Mad Dog's a bunch of gargoyles come in. I guess one gargoyle had a gun. Um but a bunch of a bunch of gargoyles come in and the Mad Dog's like, no, go. I'm like, stop leaving Mad Dog behind. Mad Dog's gonna fight. He's just going to punch every gargoyle in a I'm circle. I'm going to say I am going to count this as the third time Mad Dog comes back from death. Because they just leave him behind and they come back and he's still fighting. So Mad Dog, three times. Way to go. Uh, so they go into the room and what what do they see? A lot of guns. Because this is an actual gang. So many guns. They're, so many drugs. They are, like, Jughead specifically is shocked and, hor- shocked and horrified that guns exist. Which, I mean, yes, I also hate guns. <laughs> 
but they but he is part of a gang. Well, it's like this has just driven home for him how bad his mom has become. Oh yeah, his mom is an act like an actual gangster, which why I cannot imagine her leaving. FP. FP because she he was won- a bad guy. She 100% left FP because he wasn't good enough at being the leader of the Serpents. Oh, yeah, 100% she was like, you're not enough of a criminal. But in his head, he's just like, she's leaving me because I'm a bad guy. Oh, I'm going to drink my feelings away. <laughs> what a hilarious misunderstanding. <laughs> anyway, Archie nearly gets shot. Uh, but Jughead helps him out. Yep. Yeah, uh, Jughead comes in from nowhere and... Gets Kurtz out, and he's dragging him away. They zip-tie his hands. Uh, and then Ar- Mad Dog is still fighting all those <laughs> so Archie, serpents. So Archie goes to help him, and th- this also is, like, a very close to an actual scene from the raid, uh, where Jug is bringing Kurtz down, and Kurtz is like, I'm not afraid to ascend. And then, unfortunately, Archie abandoned Jughead to help Mad Dog fight all those gargoyles which was the right thing to do yeah which get well i mean because kurtz is just one lonely heroin addict well that heroin addict has some real strong legs because he kicks himself in jughead through a window which i thought broke jughead's arm but later he's fine he he should definitely definitely be in intensive care well i thought that would have been the ramifications of this action is that jughead can't hide the fact that his arm is broken but this fall out of the lit window hurts neither one of them all that much. Because Kurtz immediately runs away. And I think I think Baby Teeth... Baby Teeth goes after him. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I, then, thought, I thought I, it was Archie, then I thought it was Sweet Pea, but I have subsequently realized it was, it baby, was baby Teeth. teeth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think we focused on it enough that a main character in this episode is named Baby Teeth. Baby Teeth is a sweet blonde boy who loves to eat hamburgers and has no parents. Yeah. That is what we know of him. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Veronica arrives home just as Monsignor. So I'm confused because her dad's there. So is she at her house or no, is she I, at the Five Seasons? She has to be the Five Seasons. Oh, no, you know what? But her, but her dad was kind of doing that whole, no, we're going back together thing. So she could actually be at her house. Anyway, she arrives at a fancy place and the Monsignor leaves. And she's like, what? And then we learned that Hiram, instead of divorcing his wife... He simply just got the marriage annulled, which for, which seems like a ridiculous technicality. For he is the king of England. Yep. He is Henry VIII, and he can make his own rules. My basic understanding of annulled is, is from, like, sitcoms, where uh, as long as you haven't had sex with a person, you can call the marriage null and void. Accurate. But I, think, I don't think you can do it after, like, 20 or 30 plus years of marriage. Well, he did a something. And he says, like, oh, it'll be a lot gentler. And also, none of my, like... No one will know. What a crazy technicality of that is, where they're like, oh, man, you know, if they got divorced, I definitely would have killed her. But they just got annulled. I mean, that's, like, that's essentially, like, they're still married. Like, what? What? Also, Veronica, he knows you sent the fish. Oh, yeah, he says, oh, it took me a while to figure it out. I'm like, oh, Hiram, you're slow on the uptake. And uh, Verona, Veronica essentially did a parent trap. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Is that the the entire Veronica's entire story for this episode is that she tried to parent trap her parents because like I thought that if I tricked you into pretending and, your marriage was together, that eventually you would. I'm like this is the most teenager thing Veronica has done, and it's perfect. Elaborate plots. That's what kids do. I, I mean, take out the mafia making her think that like she's going to be killed thing, and this fits in the OC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Marissa. 
to keep our parents together doing some sort of tricking thing. Absolutely. Yeah. But is that but is that it's under the guise of mafia. And of Hiram trying to kill her boyfriend. Yeah. 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 So Jughead is infuriated. <laughs> oh yeah, he's like, like, Mom, your gang's a real gang. It's a very bad gang. There's guns there? Mom, it was so bad that I have to tell Dad about this. <laughs> it can't be a secret anymore. But then her mom's like, FB isn't involved. He's a sheriff. Yes, he is. And he's your husband. Um, live in... Ex- no husband. Oh, I don't think got... they're divorced. You're right. They did say they never got divorced. Um, so he's your husband. And there's this jelly bean isn't involved. I'm like, we saw the scene. We saw that creepy scene. Why else would that little girl say, I've got dad wrapped around my little finger, unless if she was involved? Or is that just a thing? Is that just the was way? Was it a misdirect? Is that the way Jellybean talks? If that's the case, she needs to go to school and meet other human beings. Oh my god, is she in school yet? <laughs> I don't know. It's it was Saturday when we last saw. That's them. right. She wanted this to watch cartoons. Weekend. This is the weekend. This is canonically the weekend. So has this entire episode taken place over two days? Does the prison open up on a Sunday? There has to have been a week in there somewhere. <laughs> there was a time jump. <laughs> I don't know why that surprises me. That uh, I mean, a prison go about any day they want. It's kind of. But it is the weekend again. Something feels weird about Hiram and his family, the you know extremely religious family, opening Opening up a prison prison on the Lord's Day. The day where they're supposed to be in church praying for their annulment. (laughs) Dear God. Please make my marriage never exist. (laughs) Make it seem like my marriage, these last, where I had a child. (laughs) Can you imagine telling your child, instead of getting a divorce? Here's the thing, Veronica. Uh, we're just going to pretend none of it ever happened. We're going to do a do-over. So I guess you're what, now... Where is Ver- Wait, yeah, without a d- divorce, what's Veronica's situation? Well, she now has two parents. <laughs> that are not divorced, but we're never... So she's a we're bastard now? Yes, which means she can no longer be the King of England. Nah, and also she'll have to take on the bastard's last name of Riverdale, which I guess would be Veronica Rivers. Absolutely. Yeah. It could be Veronica Dales, though. That kind of sucks, though. I really hope she gets Veronica Rivers. <laughs> Although, Veronica Lodge, Veronica Dales. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if we explain what happened in that scene, but that's what happens in that scene. Um, uh, Betty does her own raid, which is a lot calmer than the other raid. She just uses a bobby pin to break into a storage room. Yeah, because the church, because this uh, farm sucks. They have no security. Yeah, and as she's going through, it's a kind of cool scene. As she's going through looking, we hear Edgar Evernever doing a real creepy speech over the it's speakers. It's like a real Jim Jones style speech. I thought it was going to have some sort of like reveal that he was there, but no, you just and it's almost better that it's just. Him citing scripture effect. Well, his mind scripture. What I will say is Chad Michael Murray is killing it as Edgar Evernever. Oh, yeah. He's, like, oddly charismatic, but so creepy. And, I mean, he is a creep. Yeah. He's a notorious creep. <laughs> there's, a, there's a moment in this scene where she walks past and, he, and Edgar Evernever barely just has a photo that's, like, Chad Michael Murray's headshot just... Hung in a lone frame on a wall with no other photos. Like circa 2004. It's like above a desk, I guess, so people can look there when they're looking at tapes and just stare at his face. And you're like, ah. Oh. But who's allowed in the tape room? Is it just Edgar Evernever and Evelyn Evernever who will stare at that <laughs> face? He does seem to love himself. Just, uh, 
there's a small moment here that I kind of like where Betty's looking through all the um, – because the, these tapes are held in boxes. Mm-hmm. Like um, and, um, file folder boxes. Yeah, so she goes through there and she whispers to herself, it's an alphanumeric system. And I'm like, they're boxes. Betty, <laughs> they're just labeled boxes. <laughs> they're just boxes that ha- that are put in the order of your last name. But sure, <laughs> whisper, it's – Oh, this is a Linux system. Like, it's that level of, that's a weird thing to say. It's not a big, I wanted to point it out, though. It was delightful. Yeah, so she grabs hers, and then she also grabs Cheryl's. Cheryl's. So, uh, we have a short scene where we find out that Baby Teeth has been missing since the raid, but all the kids are going to keep looking for him. And also, Mad Dog has some sad news. Well, well, no, good news, but Archie doesn't like it. Yeah, weird news. So, uh, Mad Dog reveals that he's getting his uh, his grants out of the apartment. Because uh, he got another apartment or a house or something. A house that was given to him by Elio in exchange for fighting. Yeah. I want to remind everyone that Elio is a child. <laughs> and bad at crime. So I'm not too worried about Mad Dog, honestly. Yeah, he, he's going to be okay. Yeah. Mad Dog is one of those. I mean, Mad Dog would be the, what do you call it? The other guy. Uh, Roger, whoever the guy that Archie fought. Yeah, yeah. He would be the Roger. Yeah, I mean. He's too big. That's, He's too big to take a dive. Yeah, I mean, that's crime. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> also, he doesn't care if he takes a dive. He doesn't have Archie's weird, yeah. horrified moral anyway, code. Archie is sad about this. So, so that's, that's that. that. That's that plot line. Betty is also sad because she tries to give Cheryl her tapes back. And Cheryl says, no, I love the farm. And then Ch- Cheryl drops the bomb of the farm. So it turns out that the reason she decided to join was not because Edgar is really cool. Yeah. It's because he took her into a room. Where she could see Jason. Like, legitimately see him, feel him, talk to him. Yeah. So that's troubling. And I thought that was going to be the end of the, uh... I thought that was going to be the end of this episode. Keeps going. So Betty meets with Alice in Pop Tates because she like, needs to ask her in person. Yeah, because she needs to ask her was the reason that you love the farm. Yeah, because they let you see Charles. And Alice goes, "Absolutely, he's amazing. You would love him." Yeah. So it turns out all all this time, without Alice has, I don't. It does feel odd to me that Alice never brought that up. I know it's a crazy farm stuff, but why wouldn't that in all of her pleading for Betty be like, Betty, you don't understand. You'll get to meet your brother. Yeah, they can bring the day. You don't get it, Betty. Edgar Ever never is a necromancer. He is, in fact, imbued with the powers. Like, what? It just, it's like, because Cheryl just does it, so it doesn't feel like, like they're it's a hiding secret. it. I, I mean, uh, once again, Shell could just be even they were. But it just seems weird to me that at no point in this entire season did Alice think that that might be the clincher. Yeah. Because for her, it was the clincher. And when... when and later, Betty was the one who went and got Sheik. Yeah. So when uh, when Betty is... And when Betty is like, um, uh, I want to... Can I meet him? The first thought Alice has is, oh, Charles? Which makes me think she would let him meet Charles. In which case, I'm like, like Alice, or Betty, pivot, pivot. Yeah. <laughs> Pivot. And Betty pivots real hard because who she wants to meet is Edgar. Oh, well, she doesn't pivot. She doesn't. Yeah, she no, wanted. She I wanted she her wanted. to go meet Charles because I because I feel like that that'd be some good investigation. <laughs> yeah, because oh man, you can meet you can meet your dead relatives in a room that they can't leave that room. I this feels like some weird metaphorical stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and so, but she wants to meet Edgar, 
And so she does. And Edgar was wondering when they'd finally meet. And I'm like, you could have come to the house. It has been 17 episodes. None of you, none of you get to make the call like, oh, I was wondering when this would happen. Betty has been trying to make it happen for 17 episodes. (sighs) So... Edgar, he reels he knows about her stealing the tapes, because of course he does. Cheryl's now involved. And then Betty gives a very loaded statement, which is, I want to know everything. Start at the beginning. Which I also thought was going to end the episode. But the boys find a chalice outside of the gym. And inside his quest card. And also one of Baby Teeth's teeth. Yeah, is it to fang the wolf cub and they pull out a tooth? That's upsetting. Oh no, Baby Teeth's Baby Teeth. Well, Baby Teeth is... Baby Teeth have Baby Teeth? No. 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 Well, unfortunately, uh, this cuts to, I guess, FP's been doing his own stuff. He's doing policing. <laughs> he's walking through the woods by himself, just and talking on a radio. talking on the radio, being like, oh, I haven't seen the thing that the hiker told us about yeah. yet. But as he, as he goes forward, he sees a very familiar scene. He sees the uh, stick man with, with a... gargoyle head, the cow head. <laughs> yeah. Man, where do people get all these cow heads from? <laughs> There must be a supplier. Amazon? <laughs> Cowhead. Oh, yeah, Amazon. They all order them <laughs> off of Amazon. So uh, they got their Amazon cowhead on top of there and all that around and on the ground all curled up. His baby teeth and his jacket has been ripped open in the back to carve some sacrifice symbols into his back. And all his teeth have been ripped out. And, and his I lips are blue. Don't like it. It gave me a feeling of general malaise. Your lips are blue, boy. I know you've been playing that game. Thanks, FP. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic went undercover in the farm and then saw their dead brother and transformed into drama? Oh, I did. And... I mean, the main stubby moment is one that we've belabored to an end over and actually does drive the story forward. I think my CW moment, though, will be the fact that Betty first tries to bribe Cheryl by buying her a milkshake. (laughs) And then immediately escalates it to, you owe this to your dead brother. It is a hard jump. Yeah, it's a real, real leap. Well, I think at that point she sent you, like, Cheryl's insane. It's hard to talk to her at all. I just got to go with the nuclear option. And she also made a very bad choice because she bought Cheryl a blue milkshake. And she definitely <laughs> needs to buy her a red one. Uh, she knows that it's strawberries. Yeah, you got to do it. That's the reason why she knows that she messed up with that. <laughs> Which is why she jumped to Jason. <laughs> Kevin, what's your CW moment? Um... The only one I can think of that's not really dramatic but is super freaking weird is the <laughs> fact that Keller is at the gym. He doesn't play into this episode at all. Does he have it in his contract that he has to be in every episode? Like, was that one of his negotiation terms this season? I don't know if he's been in every episode. I don't know why he's in this one. I don't know why when Archie brought them to there, Keller had to be there. And it just adds way too many questions. Did he tell Keller about the blackmail, about the fight club, about the, like... How did, he, how did he describe, oh, a bunch of boys are coming from oh, the prison? Got, I guess the only thing I imagine him saying is like, oh, a bunch of my friends got pardoned from the prison. And they don't have any parents. But he has to, but I mean, Keller kind of has to be like, that's Suspicious. weird and spontaneous. Also, who is paying Keller for work? 
I don't know. How does he support his family? He's on that sweet sheriff. I mean, he he, he works for the sheriff's department, I guess. I guess he's a consultant. He probably gets paid his $300 wife's a lo- an hour. His wife's a lawyer. That's true. And, they, you know, they can pay pretty well. That's true. Yeah. Although she doesn't do law very often. She mostly just advises Veronica. <laughs> I mean, it's just Veronica pays her. That's true. <laughs> Veronica probably overpays her. She, well, she probably has her on a uh, retainer and just keeps forgetting. <laughs> well, just monthly. Well, because Veronica heard that you keep lawyers on retainers. She doesn't know what that means. But she does it. <laughs> when they're looking at the finances for Le Bon Nui, they're like, Veronica, you're hemorrhaging. You have paying how much to a lawyer? Every month? Do you see her? When I'm sad. And she's like, hmm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Well, do you think that ending in, is going is implying that now Gladys is taking up the Gargoyle King? She is. I can't stand Gladys. <laughs> she is the worst mom. She's another character whose motivation appears to just be, I want to do crime. Like, the only reason I'm going to accept what she does is if it's revealed that she's actually an eldritch god who's trying to bring the world back to a state of chaos. Yeah, and I am so, I am still so incredibly infuriated that there has been no connection between G and G and the farm. Yeah. It's the one thing I've po- wanted. And at this point, I don't think there can be. The only connection there can be is that if it reveals that it originally. G and G was a farm thing, but we know that it, that it, it was can't be no, because Edgar ever never and we know what is it, younger than and we know where it came from. It came from because the Sisters of Quiet Mercy they would use the gargoyle room and the people made a game based on that. Yeah, I'm puzzled. It. <laughs> I'm so. Pu- he has to have been in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy at some point, right? Yeah, like that has to be that has to, that has to be, be the reason why he wanted connection. to buy it so bad. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it's it's hard to tell. I mean, we're going to reveal his... I can't believe we're going to be learning his motivations before we learn the characters who are, like, main characters' motivations. Uh, the, the problem is the only motivation I can get I can find for Gladys is she wants to do crime. And until she... That's not a good villain. No, she needs to want something. <laughs> At least... I mean, that's the problem we have with Hiram, is that Hiram also feels like he just wanted to do crime. And now he can't do crime, so he doesn't know what to do. So he's angry because he can't do crime. But he likes Archie. Like, uh, I mean, I, I, at least Hal, I guess his motivation was somewhat more where he listened was, to his daughter talk about how bad people are and was like, you know, people are bad. I should cleanse this town. I should kill them. So he didn't want to be, so he didn't think he was bad. So I guess that's kind of a cool motivation. It's not an original one. No, but it worked. Um, and I, I think... I think the, um, uh, was it, uh, Blossom. Uh, what's the original Blossom, not Augustus. Clifford. Clifford. I think Clifford's Blossoms also just wanted to do, he just also just wanted to do crime. He was mad at his son because his son did not want to do crime. Well, didn't Jason threaten to reveal him? Um, I think as well, but but he was upset that, J- that also Jason, like, was not going to follow on the family crime. And he didn't realize he should have asked his crazy child. She might have done the crime. She definitely would have done the crime. How many times in this series have been people upset at other people for not wanting to do crime, and their motivation has been, I want to do crime, why won't you let me do crime? This show is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> let me do crime. Like, this is... It's it's the like Archie comics. It's like the motivation. The, it's, it's like it's like the uh, the the people think the only motivation for why people break the law is because they just want to. Well, I mean, maybe that is why people break the law. 
white collar criminals. Because <laughs> they just feel like it. No, it's about power. I mean, and but I don't feel that way. It feels uh, well, the not show. for these characters, yeah, but no, no. Trust me, in real life and in better fiction, there is a lot of different reasons why laws are being broken, but usually not just because I want to. I mean, Edgar's motivations make more sense. Cult leaders <laughs> are a specific type, yeah, and he is that type. I, I'm mostly wondering if he's going to end up being a true believer cultist or a deceiver cultist cultist. and at this point you go either way and i'd be interested in either one of them i'm hoping he's a deceiver but evelyn true believer yeah i'm i would like that i'm feeling like he should he should be in on it and evelyn's not evelyn's not because that's a cool cool betrayal moment i guess yeah because i feel like evelyn is leading up towards a face turn she's gonna break like as soon as her dad lets her down yeah that girl's gonna be shattered yeah and I think it'll be. And I, I, the thing is, she's been around for so long that that would be kind of cool for her to get a face turn. I like her. That actress is good. Yeah, yeah, she does yeah. that well. All right. Well, uh, if you like this episode, and we went a little bit long, uh, you should uh, give us a rating, a review, subscription on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Play. And tell us, do you think Edgar Evernever is a true believer or is he a deceiver? You can tell us that on Twitter or with images on Instagram. It's all podcast MOA, podcast MOA. Tell us what do you think any character's like final plan is? Yes, we would like that. Cuz we got cuz we got Hiram's mid-season plan and it was not great. And if you need more than however many characters Twitter gives you now, you can send us an email with what you think Hiram is doing. <laughs> and that is also podcastmoa at gmail.com. I'll see you next week with OC. Did Cheryl really see Jason? Is Gladys the new Gargoyle King? What will the Windbreaker Brigade do now that they met a real gang? For answers to all this and more, join us soon on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>